Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. He went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him. How? To destroy him. Matthew twelve nine through fourteen. This passage today is the second part of a conflict story within the life and ministry of Jesus, and it's a conflict story because it uh, focuses on the conflict and controversy between two characters or groups. In our case today, the characters are Jesus and the Pharisees, and their conflict is over the keeping of the Sabbath. Now, the Sabbath comes from the seventh day of rest, the seventh day of creation. In Genesis 2, verses 1 and 2, you realize that after God creates the heaven and the earth on six days, on the seventh, he rests and he blesses it and it's made holy. And this comes into play in the Exodus when the Jews are are led by Moses out of the Egyptian oppression and slavery. And they're taken to the mountain of God and God gives them the Ten Commandments. So in Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, we read that the fourth commandment is to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And they're to do this by working six days and resting on the seventh. This is why the Pharisees are so zealous for the Sabbath, because the Pharisees were a uh, religious sect of the Jews that came about because of the Roman occupation of Israel. You see, as Rome occupied territories and their peace of Rome, the Pax Romana spread throughout these controlled territories. Assimilation into their culture was not only encouraged, but expected. And while some Jews welcomed this Hellenization, a group of Jews rose up and refused and chose to be set apart. The word Pharisee means set apart. And that's how they... uh, came about. And so they what they wanted was the people of God to remain faithful to the traditions of their fathers, to the law and the commandments. And they uh, began doing this by practicing extreme religious uh, traditions, so much so that the people, the Jewish people, looked to the Pharisees for their wisdom and instructions on how to live faithfully to God according to the laws and the commandments and traditions of their fathers. Pharisaic Judaism actually lays the groundwork for rabbinical Judaism, the kind you see today with the Hasidic community, especially in Brooklyn, New York. I grew up going to a Spanish church in uh, Borough Park, which is a neighborhood that is home to a large Hasidic community. And it was not uncommon to leave church on a Friday night and see the Hasidic community walking around on the Sabbath. But I remember one Friday night leaving church and seeing a, a man standing outside his house as if he was looking for someone. And when he saw me, he called to me and he asked me for his help. And uh, he explained to me that they had not eaten dinner yet because they forgot to take their food out of the fridge. They needed someone who could open the door to the refrigerator because according to their rabbis, it was unlawful for them to do so on the Sabbath. The rabbinical teachings and instructions is what guided them through their faithful living towards God. And this comes from the Pharisaic Judaism of Jesus's day. What's interesting is that this is the moment that broke the camel's back. This was the last straw. In fact, the last verse we read is that they left the synagogue, the Pharisees, and they conspired against them how to destroy him. It was this instance, this this moment 
that brought them to the point where they had to figure out a plan to get rid of this Jesus of Nazareth. And it's because of what Jesus says and what he implies about the Pharisees and about their law keeping. Justo Gonzalez, one of my favorite theologians, says that when it comes to this predicament of our faithfulness to God or the issue of our relationship with God and man, he says that two views tend to come up and they work in conjunction with one another. The first is called the judicial view, which is the view that sees us as debtors to God. It's reminding us that we are not perfect, that we make mistakes. And therefore, because we can't keep uh, God's laws, because we're not perfect and we make mistakes, we're in debt to him. We need him. Help us out. But then the other view is the subjective view, which tends to come about in a way that he calls the middle class ethos, this idea that we can pull ourselves up. And so what we need is better instructions, more instructions, you know, because if we had the right instructions, the right motivations, we could work hard so as to be successful in this in this uh, spiritual life. But what he notes about these two views is that they reject the classical or traditional view, the view that what's really the problem isn't that we're merely in debt to God, which we are, or that we need more motivation or we lack the instruction because we do, but it's that we're enslaved to powers of evil. This was a problem for the Pharisees. You see, they had no problem with looking at prostitutes and tax collectors, even people afflicted as sinners or people who needed cleansing and freedom from oppression, but they couldn't look at themselves as if they needed that same cleansing, that same healing, that same freedom. But if you look at verse 8, the verse right before the passage we read today, Jesus says to the Pharisees that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Ironically, Jesus says something very similar to this earlier in chapter 9. There was a man who was a paralytic brought to him on a bed. And Jesus turns to them and says that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, get up and walk. Now what gets lost in this is that son of man phrase. Because that son of man phrase, Jesus extracts straight out of the book of Daniel. Where Daniel has a vision of one like the son of man who has a dominion that is everlasting, which means it'll never end, and whose kingdom will never be destroyed. And so when Jesus brings that phrase into the text today, he's asserting that he is a savior king. A savior king who has power and dominion that's everlasting. Now, the Jews were waiting for a savior king who had power and dominion, who would set them free from Roman oppression. But they weren't expecting a savior king who would set them free from demonic oppression. It's no mistake, then, that the New Testament writers take this idea of Jesus and his power and dominion and this freedom that he brings, and they run with it. I mean, John says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The writer of Hebrews says that Jesus, through his death, destroys him who had the power over death, who had taken captive many for the fear of death. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, tells him that if we preach the gospel, our hope is that God would bring them to a saving knowledge, a knowledge of the truth, lead them to repentance so that they can come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, he says, who's taken them captive all their life to do his will. This idea that our hearts are hard because they're enslaved to powers of evil is what Jesus is touching at when he tells the Pharisees who accuse him or who ask him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? This is what he's touching at when he responds, how much more value is a man than a sheep? 
if a sheep who falls into a pit you take out on the Sabbath. Because Jesus is noting that their faithful law-keeping, this, this rigid standard that they've created to be faithful to God, has made them faithless to one of the greatest commandments. When asked later on in Matthew's gospel, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus tells them, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Pharisees, that's where they're aiming at. But he says to them, Jesus actually says, a second commandment is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And in this, the Pharisees had failed. They used a member of the community who was afflicted as a pawn in a power play with Jesus. Their hearts were wicked. Enslaved to powers of evil, fearing that they're losing the people, losing control, losing dominion. Jesus accuses them earlier in, the, in Matthew's gospel of loving praise and loving the best seats, you know, of loving all the attention that they're getting. They were not loving their neighbor. They had forgotten that they were called to love God, which meant to love their neighbor, to serve their neighbor. And here, a member of the community was being neglected. And Jesus accuses them of not doing good, of being faithless. This is why they conspire against him. Jesus, in Matthew 12, verse 8, the verse right before our passage, declares himself to be the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of rest. In Matthew 11, the end of 11, the last few verses, he declares himself as the one who brings rest. He says to all, come to me, and I shall give you rest. You'll find peace for your souls. This whole passage, end of 11 into the beginning of 12, is setting up this, this story that the rest of God, where we find rest, is in Jesus because he is the Savior King who frees us from the powers of evil, who heals us from all afflictions, who forgives us of all our sins. Jesus is our rest. All this burden of, of being in debt to God, all this striving to, to, to make the laws work for us so that we can be successful, all that is not rest. The Old Testament prophets talked of a day when God would take hearts of stone and make them hearts of flesh. When God would put his law in our own hearts. That day has come. And so today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, friends. Come to Jesus. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Son of Man whose dominion will never end. Come to him. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.